comes jumping off my Chinese house. Two ducks in my spyglass, furry as a mouse. It's a sweet nature, a sweet nature thing. It's a sweet nature, a sweet nature thing. It's a mighty fine, a mighty fine nature thing. It's a mighty fine, a nature Welcome to Yarns at Yin Hu, a podcast about the fiber arts and other post-apocalyptic skills. Episode 179, Fleece and Harmony. Sunday, September 17th, 2017. I'm your host, Sarah. You can find me on social media as Sarah Pomegranate. The Yarns at Yin Hu podcast has a Facebook page, and it's available on iTunes. Each week, I post show notes, photographs, and links to the things I talk about on my website, yarnsatyinhu.com. This episode features the following segments. The back porch, ever expanding skill set, and so forth. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This week, I am eager to talk to you about a pattern design that is nearly complete and that will be released over the course of the next week. The pattern design is Concordia, and it's the culmination of a very special collaboration with Carol Foster of Foster Sheep Farm. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I've spoken fondly of Carol many, many times, and one of the highlights of our knit local getaway is to visit Foster Sheep Farm Yarn Shop where Carol has a fully stocked yarn shop. She has events and groups meeting there and a wide variety of yarn, notions, tools, but she also sells local yarns and she also sells yarn from her own sheep. She keeps Romney and Wensleydale sheep and is very generous with letting us tour the barn and cuddle new lambs when we come. And so when she started talking about a design for some yarn that she had in mind, I was really interested and agreed to work on a pattern design that would feature this gorgeous yarn. Carol's yarn is Concordia. And it is a 50-50 blend of her Romney wool in natural colors with Falkland fiber. This yarn was spun locally at the Battenkill Fiber Mill in Greenwich, New York, which is just a few miles away from the Foster Sheep Farm in Schuylerville, New York. It's a two-ply sport weight yarn. It's plump 
and very soft to the hand, but with integrity. It's 263 yards to 100 grams and comes in two beautiful natural shades, an ivory and a slightly brown leaning gray. It's just a perfect muted heathery gray. As I was knitting with these two natural shades, I started referring to them as Café and Olay. This project is really a culmination of so many things that I think are important about fiber production, community, knitting local, and forming relationships in this community that we love so much. And so I'm really so pleased and excited to tell you about this design today. When I started swatching and working with these yarns, I wanted to try everything because they seem to lend themselves so well to different knitting techniques. I also wanted to build on this idea of harmony because Carol told me that her idea for the yarn and naming the yarn was to make reference to this harmony of fiber from her farm and fiber from Falkland sheep. And so she came up with the name Concordia for her yarn. And I wanted to do something where the two colors would intermingle. So the idea for a bit of stranded color work, very simple. It's just a six stitch repeat around the yoke of this piece was the first thing that emerged. And then I started thinking about cables and I started thinking about this idea of a cape. And I will read you the full description so you have an idea of what this garment is like. Concordia. In Roman mythology, Harmony is represented by the goddess Concordia. She is often depicted wearing a cloak and holding a cornucopia, a symbol of abundance. Inspired by the harmony created when natural fibers from different continents are blended together, this capelet features a luxurious cabled neckline and a simple yet graceful transition between colors at the yoke. Concordia settles around your shoulders like a warm hug on cool days or chilly nights. Choose two yarns with high contrast and enjoy working a bit of stranded color work and a few cables as you knit to create elegance and harmony. The cabled opening can be positioned at the center of the garment or to the side for a fetching look favored by goddesses. <laughs> as I was working, I wanted to create this luxurious wrap-around-your-shoulders feel. And shawls can be great for that, but it's very difficult to get shawls to stay put. And so I wanted to create something that really just settled on the shoulders and stays where you put it. And the cabled neckline, I think, is just a beautiful, luxurious way to begin a capelet. But it is a lot of work and it is a lot of knitting. And so... 
A little bit later in my design process, I developed a ribbed cowl neck, which is much quicker to knit, takes a bit less yarn, and could be an option depending on the look you like. It's also a little bit warmer and snugglier if you're looking for something that will really cuddle your neck and serve as a cowl as well as something to settle around your shoulders. So you knit your choice of necklines and then you knit a colorwork yoke and then you knit in the round just a bit more until you split the front with a cable on each side and you knit in rows for the remainder of the piece. Because of this split in the front, it allows for quite a variety of sizing and, and movement, but I wanted to create a little bit more in the way of options for sizing. So there's a small size and a large size, and then there are some directions to create a medium size as well. Concordia is designed to be knit in a sport weight yarn. I think it could also work in a DK weight, but I encourage you to check out Foster Sheep Farm Concordia, and you will have a chance to do that at several upcoming fall fiber festivals. Carol will have a booth at the Adirondack Wool and Arts Festival, that has previously been called the Southern Adirondack Fiber Festival. It's at the Washington County Fairgrounds in Greenwich, New York, and that festival is coming up this weekend, September 23rd and 24th. She will have her yarn on sale, and she will also have samples of this Concordia capelet in her booth. She will be selling the patterns at a very special price in her booth, from this coming weekend through Rhinebeck. She will also be at Rhinebeck, New York Sheep and Wool Festival, October 21st and 22nd, and she will have a booth at the New England Fiber Festival on November 4th and 5th. Carol's Yarn Shop does mail and ship orders. I have ordered her farm yarn before, so if you're not in the area and don't have a chance to fondle the yarn at one of these festivals, you could contact her online if you're interested in a yarn purchase. I'm so pleased with the way this design has come out and so fortunate to be able to work with Carol and yarn from her very own sheep. Through this process, Carol was extremely supportive and helpful as a guide and a test knitter and a troubleshooter, and I was also very fortunate to have Janie Fairchild test knit this garment as well. I will be posting some photographs of Concordia on my website uh, in the blog post for this podcast episode, as well as on my Instagram feed. And I've already been posting a few little sneak peeks of the stranded color work and some of the other design elements. So you can check it out there and look for the pattern to be available on Ravelry sometime at the end of this week.
In spare moments, I have been knitting away on both pairs of socks that I have on the needles and getting a lot more sock knitting done than I have very much in the past. I just have my project with me and I think now I, one of the things that's making a difference in my productivity is just having all of the right tools all together in a zipped bag and a very clear idea of what I need to do with my knitting in order to get the sock fit that I want. Each pair of socks that I knit, I just learn a little bit more about sock knitting and fit and structure and I don't sweat it quite so much when, oh my God, I'm coming up on the heel flap. Like I can't possibly work on this unless I'm in a room alone and quiet. I've, I have a much greater level of comfort. And so I'm able to keep up with knitting the socks in all different kinds of situations, even when my concentration level is low. So with the one pair, I am pretty much done with the cuff and the leg and ready to start the heel turn for the Vanilla is the New Black socks. I'm knitting those in this incredible Eclipse yarn from Socks That Rock. And then with the other pair, which is being knit out of Fiber Nymph Dye Works S'mores Swirl, I'm just going on my own with sock dimensions that I love. And I have turned the heel on both of those socks and I am working down the foot of the sock. So those that pair is, I would say, maybe a week away from completion, actually, which is just astounding to me because though I've knit quite a few pairs of socks, I haven't really felt like a sock knitter. And having these two pairs on the go all of the time, I really feel like I'm starting to get into it. It's like uncovering new layers of being a sock knitter. And now that I have a design nearly wrapped up, I can return some of my attention to my Shackleton project, which is the Bressy dress designed by Goodwin Johnston. And I am knitting that with a variety of mill spun and hand spun Shetland yarn. I have the yoke complete. I'm working on one of the sleeves because I find it easier to work on a sleeve before the entire garment is complete. It's just a little less weight and turning and flipping around. So I'm working on one of the sleeves. I'll do the other one and then I'll start back up again on the body of this dress. I I would guesstimate that I'm at the about the high waist. So keep knitting down and I would like to add some additional color work at the hemline of this dress. Ever expanding skill set. For hashtag Power Pantry this month, the month of September, I am working on improving my sack lunch game, which has historically been poor, dismal. I just don't put a lot of thought into lunches and 
that's fine. But what happens for me is I end up making bad choices as a result of being very hungry and not having healthy options. And so I have done quite well. I feel the support of Yarns at Yinhu listeners, and I feel like there's a camaraderie. I'm not alone. A lot of us are struggling with this same issue. The first week I was back at school, I had a green salad with radishes, pecans, dried cranberries. I felt very hip taking it to to lunch in my little mason jar, and that worked great. I had a piece of fruit. I'm taking some ginger and probiotic tea to have with my snack. Very nice. The second week, I made a lentil soup, and I really did a hashtag power pantry deep dive to put this soup together. I have lovely French lentils. I pulled out some highly reduced chicken stock that I had just let to simmer all day long one day, one cool day this summer. And then I wanted to put some ham or something a little bit salty, a little bit spicy in this soup. And I was digging through my freezer and found a package of organic turkey hot dogs, the little hors d'oeuvre variety of hot dogs. I think those have been in my freezer for at least two years, which is not optimum, but I thawed them out, diced them, and put quite a bit of that in the soup, which is delicious. I really didn't use much other flavoring because those had quite a bit of salt and quite a bit of spices in them that they really flavored the soup very nicely. I used sad looking carrots, an onion, half an onion that had been knocking around in my produce drawer, some chopped fresh parsley, and I'm not sure what else I put in that soup. Not much. It was really kind of a gather things up, clean out the fridge kind of a soup. And it's been very hearty and delicious, and I even served it one night this past week for dinner. All right, so we're on to week three, and this week I plan to broil a chicken, serve the chicken for Sunday night dinner this evening, and then use all of the remaining chicken to make a curried chicken salad. When I do a grocery shop, I will purchase some grapes to go with this salad, and I think it would just be great over lettuce. I think it would be nice in a pita. I think this I could eat this all week long, and it will be flavorful and interesting and a great use of leftover chicken. And I'm really excited about the chicken because I purchased it from one of the local vendors at my farmer's market this weekend. Being that this cost $5 a pound for a, you know, free-range farm-raised chicken, I will absolutely be making use of every bit of it. I will be making a stock. And then later this week, I plan to do a risotto with some mushrooms and some 
turnip greens and maybe some roasted turnips. So I tried when I was at the farmer's market this week to think about what I could buy fresh and what I could use from my pantry to make several meals, to think myself through several meals that would last the week long. Can you tell by the sighing that this is sometimes an effort? You know this. Sometimes it's just, it's so much work to keep thinking through all of this all of the time. And I just want to stop on the way home and get a pizza. (laughs) I remember something, I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but one of my favorite poets, Naomi Shihab Nye, talked about, you know, the writer's life and being a a teacher and a parent and a spouse and a homeowner and just how to manage all of these roles that we have in our lives. And she said, it's helpful sometimes if I don't think of myself as me I think of myself as someone who works for me and I just try to keep sequencing and planning it out so that when I get to a certain point, everything is kind of unrolling, unfolding, it's in progress and I just, I just keep rolling with it. And that's how I feel sometimes about Power Pantry Sometimes I'm on it and I feel really motivated and sometimes I'm just like, why can't dinner just make itself? Like why, (laughs) why do I have to be thinking these things through all the time? And then of course, as soon as you execute a few well-planned meals, that's gone and it's time to start all over again. You don't have anything to show for it. Ah. That's the way I feel sometimes about hashtag power pantry, but knowing that you're along for the ride and getting some ideas from all of you is really helpful. It's motivating. This week, there was a post from Wooly Eyes in the hashtag power pantry thread. She gets a newsletter from Bon Appetit, and one of the features this past week was 100 lunch ideas. There were some super creative things and also, you know, a piece of fruit and a container of yogurt because you didn't have your act together. So it was both idealistic and realistic and some some interesting concepts and some things in there. So I think I will continue to consult that list just for ideas and inspiration and to see what things on that list coincide with some of the ingredients in my pantry. And so forth. I'm not sure when, but sometime since I recorded last, I did spend some time working on sewing projects. I completed the sleeveless version, the strappy version of the Dahlia dress And I'm very pleased with it. I think I could have made the size smaller, but I am not unhappy at all with the fit. And I really like my choice of a printed fabric for the skirt and then a lightweight denim for the waistband and the top. There were times when I thought the instructions were a little bit 
difficult to follow. I do not think I could have attempted this pattern a year ago with the same amount of success. It assumes you know quite a bit about sewing, or maybe I'm just not that familiar with the way Colette patterns are written, but I struggled a little bit in following all the directions and there was some some ripping out. Now I have begun to assemble the version of the Dahlia dress with sleeves. I'm using a print pattern this time for the top and the waistband and a denim, a lightweight denim for the skirt. I would like to have this dress complete for some events at my school this fall and sometimes it helps to give myself deadlines. So I may have a little bit of time to work on that dress over the coming week and see how much progress I can make. Should be a little bit easier since many, not all, but many of the elements of the dress are similar. I feel like the Dahlia dress is a good value as a pattern because not only does it have two different options for the top, there are two different varieties for the skirt. One has six panels and one has just a single front panel and then a panel, the back is in two pieces with a kick pleat. So that's quite a bit of variety for an independent pattern. And it wasn't clear to me how much the top and the bottom were mix and match. But now that I've made one version of this dress, I can see that you can put either top with either bottom. What you can't do very easily is adjust the size. The waistband is finite and everything functions from the waistband. So... I have been used to, in some patterns, cutting the top, let's say, to fit a size six, and then graduating the bottom out to fit a size eight or 10, so that all of my proportions are met with the garment. That's not so easy with this particular dress because you're operating off of that waistband, everything has to fit and you're running a zipper through the top, the waistband and the skirt. So everything has to align there as well. It's, it's a little bit tricky and it's challenging. I like the challenge and certainly all of those tricky and difficult elements are what lead to a more flattering fit. And that's definitely something that I want to be working on for the end of this year and next year in terms of my handmade wardrobe goals. But it's tricky. (laughs) It's very tricky. And I'm not the type to make a muslin. I just, I would rather just have a wearable muslin, you know, something that's maybe not ideal but I have a piece that I can wear. You know, if I'm not 100% happy with a fit, I can always wear a jacket over it or a sweater, but it's still a wearable piece. Something made out of scrap fabric, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of wasted effort to me. And these 
these pieces aren't so complicated. It's not like making a gown or something like that where I don't want to waste incredibly expensive fabric. So, so far, I just go for it. (laughs) I just buy the fabric I want and make the best estimate I can of the sizing. And the more I get used to different pattern designers and the sizing and the shaping they use, the, the easier it is for me to guesstimate what size will be the perfect fit. I also had a little bit of time. Sometimes when I sit down to work on some sewing, I like to do a small warm-up project. So sometimes I will mend something or fix something or work on a mini project as a way to get my head in the game at my sewing table. And this past session, I started off my time at my sewing table by making a few needle minders for embroidery needles. It's just a very simple yet elegant design from Rebecca Rinquist. She has a free class on Creative Bug about how to put these together. I just use a really nice wool felt. I use some beautiful decorative tapes and some buttons from my grandmother's button box. And I put together these little things that can hold a whole bunch of needles or they can hold threaded needles when you're working on your embroidery. These will be prizes in the upcoming Embroider More craft along. I plan to host it in October and November of this year. It will be a photograph contest, so I will host it on Instagram and also on the Yarns at Yinhu group in Ravelry. Any post with a photograph is eligible for a prize. So I have these needle minders. I will also be visiting Brooklyn Haberdashery at the New York Sheep and Wool Festival to pick up some goodies. If you have a shop or a business or a pattern that you would like to promote, I am also accepting prizes and donations of prizes, pattern prizes, if you would like to contribute something to the Embroider More Stitch Along. It's a mighty fine, mighty fine, mighty fine nature thing. It's a mighty fine, mighty fine, mighty fine nature thing. Leaves lay down like a lady waiting for a naked man. River bends like an elbow, turning stones to sand. It's a It's a sweet nature, 
Thanks for listening. Music for this episode is so sweet. Music and lyrics by Samuel St. Thomas, performed by Bovine Social Club. Eat well and stay strong as you hone your post apocalyptic skill set this week. Yeah.